yeah okay we can just say it that's fine i love that like steven is always trying to like dance around issues and then like (laughs) it's never like it's not just that carson likes to let things out it's that carson literally takes steven's moment of being ambiguous (laughs) and says well steven's not gonna say it i I I never i never intend to do it that way but it (laughs) always happens you freed you freed me up in this case because it is I, I don't think it's a big reveal. I feel like it's pretty early in the movie that it's hinted at, at least. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 315 with our review of The Skeleton Twins. I'm Christopher Schneezy. I'm Carson Patrick. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. This week, as we said, we're talking about The Skeleton Twins. And uh, we're going to be talking about a few other things this week, too, because unlike the last few weeks where we've been kind of like hitting a bunch of VOD releases because there wasn't a lot in theaters that we wanted to see. Um, this week there is a ton of movies that uh, I know at least uh, Carson and I caught. Steven is just going to be with us for this review and then after it, depending on how time goes, Carson and I will probably be hitting a few other things. But how are you two doing this morning? Fantastic. I'm, I'm doing good. You... You managed to catch movies, and I caught a fever. <laughs> oh, zing. Yeah, I know. No one has ever made that joke before. <laughs> well, you know, the only cure for that fever is more movies, so. Right, exactly. Yeah, I need more. <laughs> you know what? No, I got nothing. <laughs> Actually, if, if, you, if you... I need more Kristen Bell. You mean Kristen Wiig? No, Kristen Bell. Oh, Cal okay. Bell. Oh, I don't know. I thought you were trying to, like, connect it no, to this no, movie. No. Yeah, right, because what? I'm confused. Because cowbell. Need more cow- I was trying oh, to find gotcha. a bell that I could need other than cowbell. Uh, yeah, Kristen Bell, Catherine Bell. We'll edit um, that out. Jessica Biel. <laughs> <laughs> Taco. Uh, Adele Dazim. <laughs> Anna. Uh-oh. Yeah. Well, well, you know what, Steven, like, I mean, uh, to, to put it all, like, to, to, to speak truthfully, I mean, we like, literally there were so many movies this weekend that you could just pick one. And you could probably see it before we get to that review. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. That's true. I could, actually. If, if you reviewed one, like, tomorrow instead, I could probably catch something. No, but I mean, like, like literally right now. If we, we decided to put, like, say the last review we did as, like, this is where I leave you or something like that, you could probably go to the theater and see it in the time it would take us to re- review, like, Tusk and Walk Among the Tombstones. <laughs> probably. Yeah. But. Probably. No, I was sad. I was... I was gearing up to uh, to watch a lot, and I got sick, and family came to visit. That part wasn't sad. But, <laughs> well, uh, th- did those coincide? Like, family came to visit, and it made you sick? <laughs> no, right, no. yeah. I, so the, the thing is, I thought family was coming to visit, but movies come out a little early. Like, I knew Skeleton Twins had been out for a week already. Um, I thought maybe I could sneak them earlier in the week, at least. But then I was, like, totally sick early in the week, could not sneak out to, like, midnight showings. Um, You're totally so, sick. Couldn't get turked up in the theater. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I made it in classic good, uh, pretentious mode, as the iTunes <laughs> reviewer said of me. Um, I saw I'm, that review. I started laughing. I'm, I made it to the Skeleton Twins. <laughs> the, yes. Uh, the indie 
indie you... breakout comedy. You go to the... <laughs> supposed to go see. Did you go to the Kabuki Theater? Uh, of course I did. Uh, did you Kabuki it up? <laughs> of course. Well, that's where you got sick, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some dirty it's... hipster coughed on you. <laughs> the theater is so so dirty indie hip- hipster that like they just literally don't clean it because cleaning is like the cool thing to do and they're like mm-hmm. we we used to clean before it was cool so now we don't clean <laughs> yeah so it's just dirt it's just trash piling up in the corner <laughs> no i mean it's like art deco is what we call it it's, uh, <laughs> it's like performance art it's just <laughs> okay so speaking of not cleaning sorry i don't mean to keep going on tangents but um i don't even know if half my tangents were in the recording or not but either way uh, i think none of them were but this one is so uh speaking of not cleaning <laughs> the the last movie that i watched um, maybe it was the second to last. Anyways, I was in the theater, and, like, when people left, they they freaking, instead of, like, taking their uneaten popcorn in, like, the open cardboard container thing, like, you know, like, you buy the popcorn and you dump it in the little... In the tray? In the little tray. Yeah. So, instead of, like, taking the tray and, like, sliding into their seat and leaving, they just, like, set it literally right in the center of the aisle in the seat next to me, which I didn't know, so I stand up and go to leave, and I just... Hunt this tough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's like, having a Haley Joel fit. Calm down. I was just like, what the hell? Who just puts popcorn <laughs> right next to my feet? It would have been funny uh, if it was like a super like over the top prat fall. You're just like, oh shit. And you like roll down the the uh the stairs. <laughs> You're like, my leg. Uh, This is the last time I go running through bases. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) Oh, I forgot the maze runner came out. Oh, man. But anyways, we're not here to talk about popcorn or mazes or tombstones or... Skeletons, though. There are skeletons in tombstones. Or tusks. Yes, uh, or tusks. But yeah, yeah, skeletons are good. Um, And we're not talking about the Book of Life. We are talking about the skeleton twins. <laughs> so, <laughs> what do you say? We uh, take a yeah. listen to the trailer for this movie. This is and then not come a Day back. of the Dead movie. No, let's come no. back and uh, you know not keep anybody waiting. Let's let, let's let them know what we thought of this film. Hey, have you read Marley and Me? Yeah, sad. Why is it sad? You don't know what happens. No, that's why I'm reading it. What does the dog die at the end? No, I'm, I'm not saying anything. Look how much I had left. <sighs> I was thinking you'd come stay with me. It's okay if I tell him we're trying to get pregnant. That's great. And you say we are because it's not sexist that way, right? That's what you told me. Yeah. I can't wait to be the creepy gay uncle. You're hired. Well, last I heard you moved to LA to be an actor. Yeah, did you not hear I won an Oscar? Oh. Surprise. Oh, back from the dead. What are you doing here? Um, when did the boys show up? It's dyke night, sweetie. It's what? Dyke night. You're my brother. We're supposed to be there for each other. I'm tired of you acting like you're the healthy one and I'm your special needs oh, kid. I get depressed about my life. So you're not a famous actor? I got news for you. No one's a famous actor. George Clooney's a famous actor. Okay, George Clooney, I guess that's one exception. Why do we go 10 years without talking? Well, it's probably not worth talking about now. You have to tell me a secret. I slept with my scuba instructor. Maggie, wouldn't it be easier just to tell Lance you're not ready to have a kid? What am I gonna do? I told somebody that I was in town. Don't freak out. Bye, Angel. Mother. Wow. 
You know what? You need to take the edge off. Standing here beside you. What are you doing? Want so much to give you this love in my heart that I'm feeling for you. Let him see we're crazy. What do they know? Baby, I say you put on something pretty. We're going out. Dad always told us to stick together, no matter what. Maybe we should have a dude's day. I think your version of dude's day and my version are totally different. Awesome! Awesome! Hey! I have a very serious question for you. Mm-hmm. Will you go to prom with me? <laughs> All right, so you just listened to the trailer for The Skeleton Twins, and uh, basically this story is two siblings are sort of reunited after 10 years after the attempted suicide of one of the siblings. So, um, and it's sort of just them getting back in touch and them, yeah, following the situation. So, Carson, why don't you start us off and let us know what you thought of this film? Uh, Okay, well, I really enjoyed the film The Skeleton Twins, and uh <clears throat> I don't know where I was going with that, but uh <laughs> there's the uh there's the did I like it or not uh part of my review and uh I I think um I think the movie had the potential to be very uh to be one of those indie movies where it's like, ooh, we're indie and we have all the problems in our film. And um I think it does. I think it skates very close to, to being that movie because it is one of those indie movies where it's like they throw every problem that a person could have into the movie. You know, it's like suicide, depression, infidelity, uh, and a bunch of others that I won't say because they might be spoilers. Um, but yeah, they really just decide to like go through the gamut of... Uh, the type of movies you'd see at like Sundance, um, but I think Burn. that <laughs> I think that the skeleton, you know, like the, you know, the Sundance. Is film that because the the rays of the sun are so hot? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I think that I think that the, it navigates these issues well because mostly because of its cast. Uh, I think Bill Hader and Kristen Wiig in the film are are really terrific. Um, I always like when comic actors get to, you know, kind of spread and do, you know, more dramatic stuff. And it's always interesting to see that. And uh, Bill Hader, especially in this movie, is is just really, really terrific. Um, and they really sort of keep you invested in the film and the characters because it's a lot of really dark stuff in the movie. And I appreciated it for being, you know, at least consistently dark. There's not a whole lot of... Uh, of happiness going on. Um, and, and I, I'm glad that they stuck with that tone, you know, that it didn't end, uh, or all of a sudden switch over to a lighter note. Um, and, and you know, they're, they're, they are sort of navigating a tricky tone because they're going from, you know, scenes like of scenes of potential suicide or attempted suicide. And then, you know, the next scene they're getting laughs. And, uh, I think that's, that's hard to do, um, but they pull it off here, and they keep it from being, uh, I guess, too maudlin, 
and uh, yeah, I think that the it also that you know also kudos to the the script, uh, the writer and the director Craig Johnson. Uh, I think he did a good job of of doing that as well as the cast. Uh, and it's just a it's a it's an entertaining film. Like I don't think it's anything that is you know best of the year worthy or something, but uh, it, it's a good you've you feel good coming out of it um as for as dark as it is and and i like the fact that you know all the characters are this flawed and screwed up and they're not particularly likable um and yeah and and you know i like that they had those characteristics to them um so overall i mean i i enjoyed it i think the the performances alone uh it's worth seeing for that uh so Stephen, what did you think? Yeah, so I'm I'm the one who requested this movie in <laughs> true pretentious form <laughs> um, over Tusk. Uh, and <laughs> anyway, okay, okay. So this film, like, I was definitely while I was watching it, I was already trying to gauge maybe too early on, like, do I like this movie? Do I not like it? Because it definitely hit all the quote indie beats, right? Like it, um. You you can't say it was a completely fresh movie. I mean, like, the premise for one thing, it's another movie about a guy who tries to slit his wrist and is sent to live with his sister who's in a repressed marriage with a nice but not exciting guy. Like, that's Little Miss Sunshine. <laughs> and that's, um... I, I, I don't know. I mean, there are, there are definitely plot plot elements of this movie that are lifted from other kind of similarly warm and fuzzy comedies. Yeah. Um, And, like... You know, it has the old flashbacks with grainy footage and nice music playing. Like, the super... I don't know if the Duplass brothers had anything to do with this movie, but it felt super Duplassy to me. I think they um, were I think they were producers. Yeah, they're producers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that would make sense. Um, and, you know, the like Carson said, they do kind of throw everything at all the characters. Like, there's suicide, there's alcohol, there's fear of growing up and having kids fear of suicide enough fear of suicide there's a a gay character which you know maybe in 2014 maybe this shouldn't be surprising but because it is surprising then it's kind of like another indie twist to put in things right um, and then they all hate their mother yeah yeah who all hate their mother and, and so like there's so many things about it that i should have wanted to roll my eyes at the cliche but i feel like they pulled off the cliches super well <laughs> in this movie. Um, and that's pretty much comes down to the strength of Kristen Wiig and Bill Hader. Uh, like, I think people who have been calling this a breakout performance for them are dead on. Like, uh, Bill Hader especially, like you said. I mean, he plays a gay character who at first felt flamboyant to the point of this is just going to be Bill Hader cross-dressing. Uh, like, <laughs> it's going to be, it it's gonna be like Stefan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although like not it, as crazy. Like it's not actually going to be a risky move. It's just going to be played for laughs. Uh, and it totally wasn't. Like by the end of the movie, he was a very fleshed out character in my mind. Um, and his mannerisms were completely believable. Uh, I thought Kristen Wiig also did great as this like kind of unassertive complacent person who's having a hard time but doesn't know how to express it um i I thought their dynamic especially showing like brother and sister 
getting to know each other again and making each other laugh was just totally dead on. I mean, even if some scenes felt like a little too warm and fuzzy with the way they're laughing and reminiscing about stuff, I I completely believed them. And like Ty Burrell, I, I mean, what a r- risky role for him to play. Like, I was pretty surprised. I, I can't really spoil who he is in this movie, but I was pretty surprised with where the movie took his character. Like, he was definitely not not someone that I expected to see in a comedy, even kind of a dark comedy like this. Yeah. Um, well, that's just another uh, notch on the, or check off the indie beatbox. But well, that's yeah. one I didn't say because it could be a spoiler. What's kind of funny though is like I, like you 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 have an idea that that is who his character is, but like I, for me watching the film like like I recognize that, but I didn't think much of it until the film actually expressly states the context for it, and then I'm yeah. like, yeah, that. <laughs> and and what, what what I think the reason I think it's a risky role is that he is not just portrayed as a villain or a bad guy. Like, like, like it's a role where he's a sympathetic character who's also like, huh? Like like James Franco in Palo Alto. Um, yeah, that's probably well, a spoiler, it's also like Bill but, Hader's... But no one saw Palo Alto, so it's okay. I saw it. <laughs> I'm planning on seeing it. Yeah. <laughs> they only showed it in uh, Palo Alto, so yeah, yeah, obviously. <laughs> Um, no, I was going to say, but like, uh, I, I feel like Bill Hader's character, you know, like in that situation, he's like all for it. Like when it mm-hmm. happened, you know, yeah. he, it wasn't like a, it was scandalous, but it wasn't against his will, I guess, or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And I, so I think that that's actually kind of what I felt, which you could say is an indie trope too while watching this movie is there's no one to root for in the sense that you think they're great people who make great decisions. <laughs> um, yeah. Like pretty much everyone, even things played for laughs, like Carson said, this is a pretty dark movie. Um, and there's plenty of stuff where people are just doing like crappy things to each other. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I can't say it was a perfect movie if I try to sit back and be objective about it. Cause it does except for the fact that like it had terrific acting from people that I'd never seen terrific acting from before. Um, it didn't really do anything new and it wasn't like ultra subversive, but I think kind of like I feel about Jeff who lives at home or those Duplass brothers where it's just like Mm. they get the soundtrack just right and they get the characters right. And there are melodramatic moments, but when you're absorbed into it, then you're like, you're pretty cool with letting those happen like you're happy to be along for the ride and this i definitely felt that i felt like i i could float through this movie pretty happily um yeah i in the end i liked it i didn't think it was amazing like it's not going to make any end of the year lists probably but i thought it was a great way to spend 90 minutes i think i think well i was just gonna say i think the the one purely likable and nice character in the movie is luke wilson who (laughs) is very 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 funny in this movie like every scene he's in is like hilarious that that, that's that was one of the things i was going to bring up is like luke wilson um i mean 
my my favorite role of his is this episode of the x-files where the the episode is told from Mulder's point of view and scully's point of view and he plays this cop and when scully's telling the story he's like this like very charming like southern police officer and then in uh in Mulder's view he's like this hillbilly with like messed up teeth um and that's like my favorite role of his but like this is a close second like (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i I, I didn't list him for fear of just listing off everyone in the movie, but I thought his like his character also I thought was going to be one note and played just for laughs at the beginning. But he was totally like he was hilarious in the movie, but he was also like sympathetic <laughs> in the movie. You don't uh, you don't just feel like, oh, you're so naive and stupid. You think like, yeah, this is a this is a real person who doesn't <laughs> deserve to be treated this way. <laughs> you think you're so naive and stupid, but you're you're just bless your heart for being <laughs> yeah stupid. bless your little heart <laughs> yeah and the, so the the one b- before i bring it over to chris the one thing that i did feel like this movie did fairly differently is it started with a cliche like suicide i mean there there's definite <laughs> suicide itself isn't just a cliche but the idea that <laughs> characters in a midlife crisis are going to kill themselves and stop for some small reason like uh orlando bloom in elizabeth town right which we managed to always bring up um <laughs> of course like that can be a cliche if it's just used as like a little element of the story but this film definitely lays it on heavily like through multiple characters and their history uh to the point where it's kind of a different treatment like it, it's more a movie about suicide than it is just a movie where uh, a little premise to get the ball rolling is that somebody wanted to kill themselves uh, so I did right. think that was interesting. It lent like a little more of a darkness to it that it was this uh, recurring idea yeah. in the movie. It's not done in a wacky way. Like Elizabeth yeah, Town was wacky, like him putting the knife on the the, <laughs> no. the 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 exercise bike or whatever. No, I, I would not say it was too too wacky. It was supposed to be believable, even right. if some of the more melodramatic eye-rolly parts came from that later on in the movie. But, I mean, they uh, subverted that cliche, I felt, in the beginning, um, or at least clued you in on it when they show, you know, Kristen Wiig yeah. uh, basically attempting suicide as well, and then you get, like, a laugh from it because of what happened. That, you know. Yeah, they, they definitely did something different to it. And that's just an example of something I thought I was going to hate that by the end of the movie, I had warmed up to. Not suicide, but the idea of... <laughs> <laughs> like the up idea, suicide. <laughs> well, okay, the so... idea that these characters could be suicidal and it's not just like a little goofy quirk that they try to throw in. Well, you know, you know, Carson, you, you mentioned that, you know, they subvert the um, Kristen Wiig's sort of like thinking over suicide in the beginning of the film by turning it into somewhat of a joke. And, you know, like, the, the, the turning it into a joke, I, I mean, not that I'm fine with it, but I mean, like, like the, I had no problem with the film doing that. But I do have a problem with, like, the fact that you have two two siblings who were very close 10 years ago, both theoretically about to attempt suicide, and one actually attempts it and one doesn't. And never during the course of this film does the character who doesn't attempt it ever confess that to the other character? And that, like, with all the problems that are happening in all of their lives and all of the attempting to do you understand me can, like, 
I, I, I don't, I can't, I can't reconcile the fact that that was never taught, like, Kristen Wiig never confesses that to him. Like, why? I, I was a little curious about that, but I do feel like the, I felt like the movie built her up in such a way that she was trying to, even if she could be open about her problems, like, the crappy things she does, she isn't very open about her, like, vulnerability in the movie. Yeah. And I I would say, like, so by the end, she hasn't told him about that, but effectively, he has clued into that part of her life. It's hard to say that without giving spoilers for the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, it didn't really bother me, because she seemed like someone who would... Like, for one thing, you don't know how close she was to actually doing it. All you know is right. she was considering it. I mean, I think it's a tricky... It's, it's a tricky subject matter, obviously, and I think... But I... My takeaway from it was that she wasn't necessarily suicidal in the way, like, Bill Hader was. His character was obviously... Uh, he was definitely suicidal. I mean, he attempted suicide. He went through with it. I feel like Kristen Wiig had thoughts of it, um, but she was never going to go through with it, even if she didn't get, you know, an intervention like she does in the in the first scene. Um, so I feel like maybe that was something that she was thinking about um, and just would never fully go through with it. Maybe that's something that she has done in the past, you know, where she stood there and contemplated it, but then just decided no, Um because I, I don't know, like, I, I didn't have a problem with that because I felt like she wasn't necessarily as serious about it as Bill Hader's character was. Yeah, I don't I don't know, though. I actually kind of got the opposite. I felt like at the beginning, Bill Hader is the one who is supposed to be the troubled person. Yeah. And by the end, it's trying to say, you know, every time it happens to him, he's like, look, I was drunk. It was a dumb mistake. It's mm. not something I want. Whereas she's someone who, like, down to her core <laughs> is super messed up. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're both super messed up, but yeah. I don't know. That's int- uh, Yeah. I guess you could, you could look at it both ways. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was my Carson moment. And yes. wait, wait for a pause and say it. No, but I was <laughs> contemplating when you like, I, I agree with that, Stephen. Like, I feel that like uh, Bill Hader's character is, he is more of a, some inciting event caused me to reach the point that I'm looking for a temporary way out and how much do I follow that Kristen Wiig's place is sort of like a perpetual like just thinking of this constantly all the time <laughs> Yeah, and I um, think the, the movie hints I really can't say this without it being spoilery but it hints at the idea of this being like a disease like a genetic thing or yeah. Or something that's actually endemic of them, not just, like, my life sucks right now, so this is the way out. Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, it was always on their minds, I feel like, because their dad committed suicide. Yeah, okay, we can just say <laughs> it. That's fine. I love that, like, Steven is always trying to, like, dance around issues, and then, like, <laughs> it, it's never, like, it's not just that Carson likes to let things out. It's that Carson literally takes Steven's moment of being ambiguous <laughs> and says, well, Steven's not going to say it. I, I, ne- I never, no, I never intend to do it that way, but I, it <laughs> well, always I mean, happens. You, freed, you well, freed me up in this case because it is, I, I don't think it's a big reveal. I feel like it's pretty early in the movie that it's hinted at at least. Well, also, like much like with these children's getting possibly the idea of suicide from their father, I think Carson gets the idea of spoilers from Steven's attempt to I, not I spoil I guess. I, I'm incepted. I'm just like, I'm going to go for it. 
subconsciously, <laughs> and then I just, you know, just comes out. <laughs> Un- unfortunately, you know, it's... Well, I- I'm going to get into, I guess, my-, my thoughts on the film in general. Um, I definitely like this film the least out of you two guys. Um, uh, I still don't know whether it's um, the films I watched on this day and their possible relation to... Um, I mean, basically, I just... so. Uh, I saw three films yesterday, uh, which is when I saw this film. I saw uh, This Is Where I Leave You, I saw The Skeleton Twins, and then I watched Smashed. Um, so this is three films that are like dealing with like messed up people. with <laughs> <laughs> Kind of depressing uh, <laughs> themes, for sure. Yeah, Smashed uh, a is definitely bit. a better movie to me than this, by the way. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I will, small spoilers, uh, I saw three films, and one of them I really liked. The other two I liked very least, less than them. <laughs> so I, I think won't I give, can take a stab at which one is which. I, I won't. I won't give away which of those films. Well, I, I could surprise you. You don't know. Um, but oh, okay. Um, but anyway, so the Skeleton Twins. I I don't know. I felt um, like I, I. I mean, insofar as you can, I enjoyed watching this film. Like I thought it was interesting. Um, you know, I thought, as you guys have both said, Kristen Wiig and Bill Hader are are great. Um, I guess chemistry as siblings. I don't. I don't know that sounds weird, but like no, they, they, they had good chemistry. I, yeah, I agree with that. Like those two people playing together, they they were very believable. They um they were great. I guess I kind of feel like um uh the I I don't I really don't like Kristen Wiig's arc in the film at all. Like her, uh, you know, if if you that's part of the reason why I came to the fact that like both siblings who haven't really seen each other for a long time, we're both contemplating suicide at the exact same moment, and then that never plays into the film. Because that moment is really the only part I really care about from Kristen Wiig's standpoint. I mean, they're throwing in this other stuff with her and her life and what she's going through, but I feel, I don't know, I feel like like you would expect that Bill Hader's character being gay would be like his his main issue, and like that, that would be the cliche aspect. It's like... You know, like, oh, I'm having trouble being understood and all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, like what you typically get in a more cliche film. But, like, his character felt totally natural and felt great. Kristen Wiggs, like, the stuff that she's going through, like, I feel like it's, like... So there's a scene where both siblings sit and they talk about... They, they like, Bill Hader confesses something to his sister. And then, you know, the sister confesses something back to him. That was the perfect moment to have that suicide talk like in that moment would be perfect but instead what we get is this other like subplot of Kristen Wiig and what she does with these like people that she's interacting with and like I it was in the trailer by the yeah way. it was so in the can... trailer oh yeah 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 it was yeah. so so she she slept with her scoop instructor and you know we find out that she may have slept with other people like so her infidelity is her big thing and I I I don't know I like for me that's not interesting I mean that's they're I don't know something about it, it. It's played for like it literally is played for a joke, and it it is not really like her her big thing is she has a perfectly nice husband and she doesn't want kids and she's sleeping with with people um, who are author like that's the that's the weird thing too. Like Carson already spo- well no you didn't spoil that one. So, let, let's just say that like <laughs> characters have problems <laughs> with like authoritative people in their life, not problems but like stuff. Kristen yeah. clearly has that same problem. Like she's sleeping with her instructors. Like, mm. like she takes a cooking class, sleeps with that guy, takes a scuba class, sleeps with that guy, takes a whatever else she took, sleeps with that guy. Like she's she's 
has the exact same problem. You, you like, could trace that back to the missing father issues if you if you want to get right, yeah. psychoanalytical. Yeah. True, true. But I mean, I just th- these two siblings literally led the exact like they they had the same upbringing and they have the same problems now but they never talk about them in an understanding way more in a hey i know you're going through tough times so let me joke with you and make you feel better that that way by like returning to the relationship we had as kids as opposed to like saying like hey i understand what you're going through i feel the same way you do i've been in the same circumstances as you like they they, they sort of all just deny each other's problems like other than her getting a call that her brother was admitted to the hospital because he attempted suicide, like, she never talks to him about it for the rest of the film. Like, there's no... It's like, hey, you can crash on my couch for as long as you need to. It's never addressed. It's never... She's never, like, save for maybe, like, all the way at the end of the film where they have to come back to some things. Like, I I don't know. It's... I I thought half halfway through the film, something happens that makes her confront him about, like, are you going to... I don't remember the exact word she used, but I feel like I felt like they brought it up. It 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 doesn't happen in the beginning, but I felt like in the beginning they're supposed to be like awkward and non-communicative with each other. Um I yeah. it, it is true that they definitely don't they don't bond by identifying how similar they are in the movie. Yeah. Um I think it's not till the the very end that it is made known to one another how similar they are. Yeah. Um and that that's kind of so I can't call that the arc of the movie so much as like the very end turnaround <laughs> of the film. Yeah, and I think just for me, like as I've agreed with you guys, the performances are amazing, and you know there are genuine genuine moments of reveal type things where like like little moments of of both pain and happiness and understanding and the opposite of understanding, but. Besides just being like a well-performed film and being, you know, funny in that sad kind of way, I don't, I don't know. I, I guess I just, I felt the film didn't really, I, I just didn't walk away from it thinking like, oh, I'm glad I saw that. Uh, like mm-hmm. there there was nothing lasting with me. And, and it, admittedly, if you guys remember going back to our, our uh, review of The One I Love, I, the whole reason I never watched the trailer for the one I love is because the poster for the trailer made me think of the um, of this movie of, of this movie the trailer for this movie so like I I, I was I was not sorry I, I paused my thought because the program we recorded with popped up and told me there was an update and I wanted to make sure I hit the button that says don't update right now <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways uh, sorry that, that freaked me out for a second um, but yeah, so basically I, I had seen, I had been seeing the Skeleton Twins trailer like every time I went to a movie and it wasn't like I was like, oh, that movie looks terrible. It was more like uh, that movie that I know exactly what it is and I'm not super excited to see. Um, and I didn't watch the other trailer because it gave me the feel of what the trailer of this film kind of made me feel watching it. And I think the film kind of just delivers on what the trailer delivered. And, and that's not to say that it was bad or terrible. It's just that, like, it was what it was, and it was exactly what I thought it was going to be from the trailer. And, like, if if this was a bunch of... Like, if this was cast any other people, I might have just plain out disliked this film. Like, I, I think they are terrific in this film. And I just think the film itself isn't to the level of their performances in it. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. 
Uh, I can see that. I mean, so the reason that I d- described my review, like I framed it around all of the negatives first of what I was thinking when I was watching it was precisely because I had seen the trailer and the trailer was also not a movie that I wanted to watch very much. It seemed like like it was just going to hit all the the normal kind of like dry, dark, not necessarily because it has something to say, but just because it's more subversive to be dark than not dark. Yeah. Um, indie fair. And I don't know, I... I can't I can't say they delivered something different from the trailer, but in my mind they wrapped it up in a package that was much more endearing than I expected. Like somewhere about maybe a third of the way through the movie or halfway through the movie, the characters really like clicked for me in a way where I could totally buy it. And then even even the scenes that, you know, the trailer sh- shows her admitting like I slept with my scuba instructor and I did this and I did that. And when I watched the trailer, I I was just thinking, like, oh, how droll. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> that, that was totally what I could imagine it being played for. I'm assuming and you said f- that as you sipped your tea with your pinky up. Right, as yeah, you yeah, sipped your wine, yes, at the Kabuki cinema. Yeah, that, that, that's totally how I imagined it <laughs> playing out. Like a, uh, like the squid and the whale or something, where, like, there's <laughs> Which meaning I to also it. Hated but that movie. Yeah, like, uh, like a Chris's Noah Bombach favorite movie. Film, <laughs> where, and of course... On second viewing, I found a lot to like about The Squid and the Whale. But the first time, at least, and most of Noah Baumbach's films were like that to me, where it's just like you're revealing these layering on these terrible family problems mm. and then trying to say that this is life and this is normal when really this is like your very insular upbringing. <laughs> like this is not actually just normal human behavior. Yeah, yeah there's, um, there's actually not enough terrible characters and instances in this movie to, to make it qualify as a Noah Baumbach film. Yeah, it, it, and, and so I actually felt like this film somewhere along the way, I I stopped caring so much about the major plot points. Like I really... So Kristen Wiig, I didn't imagine her having an arc so much as portraying a character that I knew well. And that character is the person who is deeply upset somewhere inside and doesn't know how to express it and like lashes out in all the wrong ways. And I saw the arc of the movie being Bill Hader, like like Bill, Bill Hader provided the real arc in terms of someone who you see kind of grow or change throughout the film. And then the arc of Kristen Wiig was only that by the end she had accepted that she is Bill Hader. Um, <laughs> you know, mm. it, it, as you were saying that, I started to like, it, it just made me think in my head that like, when I see Kristen Wiig, I assume that sh- this is a Kristen Wiig movie, that she is the main character. Um, mm-hmm. And this film really is a Bill Hader movie. Like, he is the main character. All the story revolves around him. The sister is really just the place he's passing through mm-hmm. over the course of his arc. Yeah, and I think I think what she serves in the film, and it hints at this with flashbacks. Uh, there's a scene that they keep flashing back to, which gains some significance at the end. But uh, they keep flashing back to their interactions together. And over the course of the film, it starts to focus on she's doing something and then he's just watching like he's looking at her he has this sort of like uh knowing gaze uh and, and in my mind that was kind of what this was a <laughs> was that a pun <laughs> accidental pun accidental pun <laughs> oh god i just got that that was good 
I, 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 I immediately got it and I was like, I'm not going to laugh. But, but Chris went for it. <laughs> He's a piercing gaze. Uh, yes. Anyway. <laughs> so a- Anyway, I felt like the 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 role in the film among other things was to show him as the brother that understands or that watches out for her and that was what i saw her servicing as is uh, a part of his character almost uh, i i really didn't see this as a movie where she was growing so much as she is something that he is reconnecting with and it's showing why their relationship is so necessary and so important yeah so the the lack of growth in her character didn't bother me. It 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 started to a little when when the scuba stuff first happened. I remember thinking like why should I care about this person? I hate her. <laughs> like she she's terrible. Uh and then it wasn't I don't know, it wasn't really about her. Uh and I think that's what made it okay for me is she was a believably flawed person and he gave the kind of arc that I needed to see someone growing. And her arc was basically just admitting that she had a problem. Yeah. Although I will, I just wanted to touch uh, touch back briefly on what Chris said, that, that one scene where they're admitting secrets. Um, I do think that, you know, that is another criticism, or, or goes into the criticism that I had, where they're just trying to cram as many indie cliches or, you know, check it off the box. Um, as much as they can because instead of her just saying oh admitting she attempted suicide you know she instead says i'm having an affair you know it's just like they -hmm. decide to go pile one more thing on instead of yeah uh, and that that addressing something else not to mention that whole scene is kind of a cliche like two people sitting back against the backdrop of right on the floor I can't think of all the movies. What, Garden State? This is the cover of Garden State, right? So, or am I thinking of something else? Garden State is the... Is that the t-shirt that matches the wallpaper? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess so. I, I feel like I've definitely seen this scene done many times before. Two people laying on the floor confessing things to each other. Yeah. While the camera is straight up looking down. Yeah, that yeah. was... Uh, there was a scene like that in This Is Where I Leave You. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, so that what's funny is the so Carson just mentioned that in that scene where they're having the confessing, like instead of keying in on on or like later on when, when she. So when you said confessing, you were talking about to the husband or to Bill Hader. Oh, me? You talking to me? Yeah. Uh, no, that that scene where they're in the, her office on the floor where they're oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. admitting well, or, you know, it, to talking to themselves, yeah. Yeah, well, there, there, there's a scene later on where she's in an argument with with the husband, and it's completely unrelated to to her, <clears throat> you know, sleeping with other people. Because um, yeah. at this point in the film, the husband doesn't know anything about that. But right. it's like where where she goes to in the middle of that fight. Like, I, I don't know, I, I feel like you could remove her infidelity from the film and it wouldn't have to change the narrative in any way whatsoever. She could feel exactly the way she feels in her relationship without sleeping around. And I think mm-hmm. that that the 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 thing that makes her not like 
So her, her and her husband are, quote-unquote, trying to have a baby, but she doesn't want to have a baby. That's enough for her problems. I mean, the fact that her husband is, like, this, like, like too nice of a guy, like, he's very just... He, he's sillily nice. I don't think that's a word, but you know what I mean. Like, he... he is, he's happy-go-lucky. He, yeah, he is a joke of a nice guy. He's, he's like the cliche nice guy. Um, like, sort of dweeby, kind of just silly dude. And that's enough for all... Like, it's enough for her to want other things. But her problem is centered around them wanting to have a baby and her not wanting to have a baby. And it's like, just... You could pick nice guy and her sleeping around. Or you can... Like, you don't have to have both those in there. And, and where the fight that she's having with him goes to it doesn't go to the why do i not want to have a baby like any uh, like there's there's another film you know like in this is where i leave you there's like there's a couple who are trying to have a baby and they're not having one and there's fights between them about that fact and in that film it that's all that has to be there that's enough for there for there, for there to be some sort of disconnect in their relationship that's enough to strain the relationship of a, of a otherwise perfectly fine relationship in this film it just seems like stuff for Kristen Wiig is tacked on that doesn't really affect the general outcome. It's like any one thing can be enough to put her life in disarray, but instead they each thing they add takes away from the significance of the thing that pre-existed. And I just, for me, it just felt really weak, especially when times for that thing to be confronted, they confront the thing that's not in discussion. And like, I, no, I I, I, under, I actually had the same reaction in that confrontation scene because it's played. I don't know if it matters if this is spoilery. It's played in such a way that it's clear that the second thing she brings up, the infidelity, is what pushes things over the top as far as their marriage is going. Yeah. And for, for obvious she, reasons. <laughs> yeah. And she seems to blame Bill Hader for this as if as if him letting the guy discover the first problem somehow made him complicit in the second. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, like, in a way that acted like they were parts of the same problem, which I don't think they had to be. I, I can totally agree with you. A, uh, a film where she only didn't want to have a kid and otherwise lived a healthy, quote, marriage uh, would have been at least as good to me. I, I didn't think the infidelity was necessary. Yeah. It, it just didn't really bother me that much either. Agreed. <laughs> well, I've agreed that it w- would, yeah, the first part, second part, and not bothering you, obviously it bothered me. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And I, and I, I don't, I, go ahead. Oh, no, no, I was, I was going to go off on something else. So you, no, that, that's fine. I was going to say I didn't have any more comments. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> I, only because you brought it up, I feel like uh, uh, in the movie Smashed, uh, I was one of the few people who, didn't really like that movie, uh, obviously, since I am the contrarian. Uh, I have to uh, go against uh, everyone else's opinion. But uh, no, I, I legitimately think that, uh, you know, in that film, there were obviously other movies that tackled that subject matter a lot better, in my opinion. I kind of felt the same way that Chris felt about the Skeleton Twins, where Mary Elizabeth Winstead in that movie gave a very outstanding performance, and the movie wasn't up to her level uh, of her performance. Um, and, and I, I feel like that, uh, in terms of like indie beats checking off the box and stuff, I feel like Skeleton Twins does a better job of, of, uh, of doing that at least. Um, but I, I did kind of feel in the same camp where the performance in that film outshined 
outshone whatever uh, the movie itself. But it doesn't matter because James Ponsold, I think, is a talented filmmaker, and he obviously went on to make The Spectacular Now, which is an amazing film. So, yeah, I, so, I do, silver lining. I'll agree, by the way, with both of these movies, which I still, I very much liked Smashed, and I enjoyed this movie. And I also agree that the performances are better than the film. Yeah. Um, for for both of them, it's just in my mind that that doesn't bother me so much. I think I think when their performance is enough that it can make me be invested and ignore some of the tropes, then that is like enough for me to like a movie. And I I can't comment yet on Smash because I set up a two likes and or two dislikes and one like, and if I comment on the film as a whole, uh. That will spoil whether or not I like the third film in the equation. Um, but I will say, as far as the performances go, um, at about the 20-minute mark, 25-minute, 30-minute mark, something, of, of Smashed, uh, I almost turned it off and didn't keep watching it because I just couldn't handle <laughs> the <laughs> just the uh, the behaviors of the characters. It was just, like, really rough for me. Um, just, like, them, just constant... Like, just the, we're going to hang out and just drink until I disappear and don't know what happened. Like, it was just, it was very authentic to me. So, I almost didn't watch the rest of the movie, but I did. So, I'll comment later on what I thought of it. But that's just, <laughs> I wanted I wanted to back up the performances based on the beginning of the film. So, there you go. There we go. <laughs> yeah. I think we're all... Don't you love quantum entanglement? <laughs> now, if, if we observe what you think about Smashed, we know what you think about This Is Where I Leave You. Yes. Oh, oh no. Can So, can we do, at the end of this, like a one-minute spoiler section? Because there's one part of the movie I kind of want to rant about, which I can't rant about without giving away a spoiler. Well, if we just keep talking for five more minutes, Carson will just say it. And then... Yeah, I'll just say it, so we'll be okay. <laughs> That's true. No, no, okay. Well, well, let's go ahead and close this episode out then and do a one-minute quick spoiler. Um, so, uh, Carson, why don't you start us off? Uh, if you would give this a... <laughs> I don't know why it was so difficult for me. Um, verdict time. Okay, Carson. Must yes. see, reckon with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or must avoid? I would give it a recommend. I think uh, caveat being obviously lots of indie cliches going on, but uh, I think it handles it nicely. And obviously, it's worth seeing for the performances alone. Uh, and Luke Wilson is awesome. Also, <laughs> best probably best use of uh, the Oscar nominated theme song for Mannequin. Nothing's gonna stop us now. Um, great usage of that. So I'll just you know, throw that out there. <laughs> All right, Steven. Yeah, I'm going back and forth, but you know, I'll I'll throw my weight behind this one. Even if I thought there were flaws with it, uh, in my mind, that, no, I'll pull back. <laughs> Damn it. I'm not brave enough. <laughs> were you going to make a really <laughs> terrible joke? I, I was going to make it a must-see, even though it was going to be a recommend with a caveat for me uh, most of the time. But I am trying to look back at, like, comparing to other films that I've given recommend with a caveat versus must see i thought there was enough in this to really latch on to ah what the hell i'll give it a must see i th I think the performances alone were strong enough to make this a very enjoyable movie and even if it hits kind of the the cliches of the indie genre and it is not like rising to the soaring heights that 
some people would make it sound like it should. I think people are just desperate for an obvious like Oscar movie this year, and none yet has cropped up in the small indie variety. So I, I think like overhype is going to be an epidemic for a while. Um, but well, I thought this is. was. I thought this was a very good movie. Uh, enjoyable, interesting characters, hits all the beats that I wanted it to hit. And even if it wasn't perfect, then Kristen Wiig and Bill Hader were enough for me to like it. Yeah, I, I think that they were enough for me to enjoy it, uh, but they didn't pass the bar of li- liking. Like, you know, I, I liked the film. I didn't like like it. <laughs> so <laughs> um, for me, it's going to be a wait for rental. Uh, I think it's a perfectly enjoyable film if it's something you want to put on and just watch. And I, I, there's a lot in there to um, to enjoy while you're watching it. But I think for me, it just, once it was done, there was nothing that, you know, besides coming back on the podcast to talk about it, there was nothing that really stuck with me or, or kind of um, was left fondly in my memory. So I'm just going to leave it as wait for rental. And that being said, um, why don't we close this out and then get to our spoiler section. So Carson, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? Uh, you can go to practicalcandy.wordpress.com. Steven? You can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl. You can find the podcast over at spoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com. You can use the contact form on our website. Or you can leave us a Google voicemail at 760-575-4TSW. That's 760-575-4879. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to this film. So hopefully you're enjoying that. And uh, yeah, as we said, we are going to close this episode out. Music's going to fade up. Well, music's already playing now. But, uh, you know, we're going to stop talking. It's going to fade all the way up. And then when it fades out, we'll be back in a short spoiler territory so Steven can discuss the thing that is... uh, or rant about something. <laughs> I, I kind of want to start singing just so you have to line up the song that you're ending with <laughs> with, with what I'm singing. You bastard. <laughs> but I won't I won't do it. Look, He's nothing's just gonna lip stop singing. us now. <laughs> He's lip syncing. Nice. Alright, well, thank you guys for joining me. Yeah, yes. thanks for having us. Thank you guys all for listening. We will be back in a short moment. Okay, uh, if you're still with us, we are now officially in spoiler territory. So, um, you know, a few little things are spoiled in the act. We're spoiled. We're actually spoiled in the regular <laughs> episode. But now this is like full, you know, no holds barred. We are talking. Steven, proceed with your rant. Yeah, so my, I mean, we, we talked about this movie hitting the cliches of the genre. And I think one cliche, not just of indie movies, but just of movies in general is the cliche of someone is going to kill themselves. (laughs) They leave a message. The guy realizes it's going to happen and rushes back just in the nick of time to, uh, to save her. Yeah. And so that's what happens with Kristen Wiig at the end of this movie. And what drove me kind of crazy about that scene is right before Bill Hader jumps in the water, they're doing something 
different where she tries to kill herself, changes her mind and tries to escape. Um, And so they took something that I thought was going to be interesting, like getting to the idea of her not being deeply suicidal, like wanting to live and escaping. And instead they just dove right back into the trope of somehow he got off the Greyhound in time and somehow he knew she would be at the scuba place. Somehow he dove in right when he had to and was able to untangle the knot when she couldn't untangle it. And that in, in a movie that I thought otherwise did a pretty good job of not, not doing exactly what you thought it would do that just really kind of ended it on a sour note for me, like a very eye roll worthy moment in my opinion, and not one that the film needed to have. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you felt the same about it. That scene really annoyed me. For for me, there was the problem that, uh, (laughs) this is really stupid. Um, but so I, I used to be on a swim team. I used to swim a lot when I was younger. And one of the things that I like to do is take weights and run across the bottom of a pool. Um, Mm -hmm. I also liked to attempt to like, not really attempt, but like basically, so you're running across the bottom of the pool, you can't make it all the way, but you can push off the bottom, reach the surface, get another breath of air and then go back again. So we don't really see how deep, I mean, it's a scuba class. So you would assume there's like a diving end of the pool, um, but we never see how deep it, I, I just, I kept thinking that like, it's just two weights. <laughs> like, just push off the bottom. Yeah. You just push, well, you, <laughs> you push off the bottom. You don't have to flap your arms. Well, also she's right next to the edge. So all you have to do is push up high enough to get your hand up to the edge and you can pull yourself up. Plus she didn't like tie the weights at her weight. She tied the weights to a rope, which is then tied around her. So like rather than like there's. And the 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 other thing I used to do when I was little is have other people tie me up and push me into a pool because I was Whoa. really obsessed with Houdini and I wow. really <laughs> wanted to be an escape artist. Um, <laughs> I, I did I did it also with uh, with like kids handcuffs too, and I'd have the key on me and I'd like pull myself out of it. Basically, what I'm saying is her situation was not life threatening. At the point where she changes her mind, she could have easily saved herself. Um, i feel like you revealed a lot more about yourself than i was expecting (laughs) i was just gonna say that um the spoiler territory um is is everything okay everything's fine (laughs) okay (laughs) we'll find enough (laughs) now we know why uh, chris really liked uh now you see me yeah i mean there's the problem that i haven't been getting any of these auditions i've been going to (laughs) um but anyways i just that that's (laughs) <laughs> normally i have i have that exact problem of like there's no way he gets the gets the message interprets the message gets off the bus goes to the exact place she is when she could have tried to kill herself any number of places especially since we established that her preferred method of killing herself was swallowing pills like it, it just didn't seem like there was a good way for him to figure out where she went yeah. one it was thing... like... go ahead so I, I was gonna say the way i feel like they tried to hint at it is these flashbacks of when there are kids and she would hold her breath under the water. Right. And he is there observing it. Yeah. But that's like, okay, in movie world, that kind of is a nice, like, parallel. Yeah. There's no way that's a parallel in the sense that Bill Hader's like, oh, she used to hold her breath underwater, I remember, from 20 years ago. She probably is trying to drown herself right now. Dude, they're twins, though. They got that twin uh, connection. I'm a twin. I don't have Clearly. Here, here's here, here's the thing that that I just figured it out. 
this is this is why it works because she didn't have the scene where she confessed that she was gonna swallow pills at the beginning of the film he wasn't confused by the multiple options of how to kill themselves right though there is the problem that their dad jumped from a bridge right right so the dad jumped from the bridge bill Hader at one point is standing on a ledge about to jump off of a building there's there's still too many options i i I think yeah it's I have a problem with that, but at the same time, I don't. What I would have preferred, it would be more impactful if when he got there, she had already, like, I don't know, per- partially drowned. If, if he had yeah. to, like, resuscitate her and then get her back, that would be better. Because the 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 she changes her mind, she's struggling, he jumps in to help her struggle and then saves her. And she never has that moment where, like, she thinks this is, like, I mean, obviously she thinks this is it when she can't get out. But, like, mm-hmm. there's, yeah. Yeah, I also I mean, think it We've seen, that all, we've seen that so many times in movies where it's like, yeah. I want to off myself and then, you know, oh, JK, I don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It also would have been extremely confusing for her if the person who saved her was the scuba instructor. Yeah. I, is, it, is it sad that I almost wanted her to die? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I think it would be a, I, I mean... I don't, better is a, is a terrible word to use in that phrase, but I think that yeah. the, the story as a whole would be a lot stronger if like she does and that like the way that would work out for the brother the way that would end her story like i i think there'd be a lot it'd be a lot more impactful than like you know you untied the weights for me now we're theoretically happy moving forward it, it, i just mm-hmm. i don't know it would yeah, it, because if, if she had died then her role as a character in the brother's story would have been more clear rather than her role as the central figure with an arc who grows in the end. Yeah. And I I feel like the movie, I, I feel like the movie would have been better for it. Of course it would have been very dark. Yeah. Um, but I still feel like it would have been a better movie. It also would like, I mean, they are the skeleton twins and like they're her, like tethered to the bottom of a pool having died juxtaposed with the image of the skeleton laying at the bottom of the pool there you could do some like symbol like not joking at all like (laughs) there is there is inherent built-in symbolism from images throughout the film that like would be (laughs) semi-poignant it is true no i'm not i'm not trying to say that (laughs) i realized as i was saying it that it sounds like i'm making a joke but i mean like no, I think you're right. It, it, it could be very poignant if someone actually died at the bottom of the pool like that. Yeah. I feel like it wouldn't be a skeleton. The the pool janitor would have really had to drop the ball on that one. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> he comes back like 10 years later. <laughs> oh, uh, shit. There's a skeleton. <laughs> well, <laughs> the big twist of fate is that the janitor is actually Kristen Wiig. <laughs> and since, uh, you know, the scuba instructor quits teaching scuba class because he no longer has a girlfriend and uh nobody else used the pool except for the scuba team <laughs> and now that she's not cleaning it it's yeah well you know okay, when uh we know it been officially indie is if bill Hader was actually schizophrenic and kristen wig was just all in her mind all in his mind <laughs> yep Cri- kristen died when she was 15 <laughs> it would be a tale of two sisters <laughs> right exactly <laughs> <laughs> Um, so related to that scene, um, the other thing that kind of, it didn't bother me, but it was a little weird to me is they get in a big argument after 
uh, Luke Wilson finds out that she cheated and she's shouting at Bill Hader's character, Milo, um, about how he's such a screw up and blah, 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 you know. And she uses this insult to him of next time you should have cut deeper. And I was so sure they were going to break like a few seconds later and laugh at how stupid that was. Like, I felt like the camera was even playing that. Like, it lingered. Some people in the audience snickered. She looked like she had, like, a smirk. And then it wound up just being, like, super hurtful, and he storms off. And I thought that was, like, such a cheesy line. I don't know. It. I I feel like no human being would say, you should have cut deeper. And the other person just thinks, like, oh, she means it. She wants me to die, and then leaves, and that's it. Yeah, but I think I think the... For me, it worked because that's like the most hateful thing she could have said to him. Say, yeah. <laughs> she could have said Sade. to him. Um, Kristen yeah. Sade. And, and she's me, the hater in this scenario. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> she's literally hate. a Bill hater. <laughs> Hater's going to hate. Um, but like, so for me, that totally worked because that was like, oh, no, you didn't. Like, that, that was <laughs> like, I, I, I thought it would have been so much more in line with the tone of the movie if like, like they still had a fight, but they both kind of acknowledged like, that was really like cheesy and stupid what you just said. Well, see, see, for me, the real problem is that like that was the second time in the film she could have confessed. Like mm-hmm. that was her opportunity to realize how shitty that was for her as a human being to say that to somebody who's just trying to commit suicide, and then, yeah. uh, then like come back with like you know I didn't mean that, and then be like big confession time. Like I was gonna swallow a bunch of pills at the start of this movie. Um, like I, yeah, I, I, just, I felt, I don't know. It, it, it worked for me in the context because, like, even though it, I, it was, when you fight and you're really mad, you say things that you would never say under any other context. And it doesn't matter how cheesy it is; it's the inflection in your voice. Like, you can take something that's like really stupid and silly, and under normal joking context would make you laugh. And when you say it with disdain in your voice, like it, it can cut really bad. Um, Deep. <laughs> shit. Yeah. No pun intended. That, that was that that time was totally <laughs> unintentional. Um, mm. But yeah, so for me that that did work. Yeah, I, I you, can buy it though. I would prefer the movie where she says it and then it opens up an avenue for her to confess, and rather than having the <laughs> greyhound scene and the discovery and the voicemail message, it could have actually had a a resolution that wasn't quite as like fairy tale movie like only in a movie could this have happened yeah Yeah. you know what i just i just thought of uh i just thought of something that um i mean this doesn't excuse the silliness but we talked about earlier um about whether or not at the beginning of the film she was really contemplating it and i think if you go back to her voicemail when she realizes that like she says the line that um uh that i realize now that dad just found a way out um, I think any other time that she's in, in in not just the film, but in the course of her life where she may have stood there with a bunch of pills in her hand, she was doing it not in seriousness in almost a curiosity. Like she didn't know, she didn't really know what she was doing. She, it, it just felt mm-hmm. like a place she was drawn to, but she like, it's not that she wasn't contemplating it. It was that she didn't really know where to go from that. She just like, was holding it as an, like, literally holding it as an option, but not really uh, expecting a trajectory from that moment. But at the end of the film, it's the first time she's really resigned herself to actually go through with it because 
she now understands what her father went through. Like she, she gets that it's not just this option that's put in front of her, but that it's like she gets the reason behind it, just not the availability of the option. So mm-hmm. that I don't know. I I didn't really think about that in the context during the film, but like as we've been chewing over the different things, like and that voicemail message, like I. I think that is, I don't think she would have done it at the beginning of the film had the phone not rung. Um, I think that it was, literally it took the events for her to realize that it's not just a thing people do, that like there's a motive behind it other than whatever she thought that motive was before. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I, I still am not sure even at the end that she deeply would have wanted to go through with it. I mean, of, of course it shows her getting cold feet uh halfway through um I, I kind of read her character more as someone who partly because of their father but even predating that was uh just a fascinated with morbidness and dark things and yeah. like kind of morbid fantasies and that's just kind of a weird a thing about her and i saw like all the suicide attempts as being mostly out of that kind of like a weird a curiosity and in the flashbacks then bill Hader is kind of seeing that too in her uh, like kind of understanding it but maybe it, so okay i i can see that that is kind of an arc by the end she learns why she really wants to kill herself <laughs> that is damn that is a dark arc for a character <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it is um but i don't know i just kind of yeah. yeah. I, I do agree. I didn't think she was in the beginning of the movie. I didn't get the sense that she would have followed through with it. And I also got the sense that this is something she contemplates a lot in this same sort of like half-hearted way. Yeah. All right. Anyway, the <laughs> last thing I have to say is I'm sad this movie took this name because now the documentary about Mary-Kate and Ashley can't be called The Skeleton Twins. <laughs> <laughs> hey Zing! Boom. Just like this film, you take deep moments and swallow them up in silly jokes. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Zing. All right. Well, I think <laughs> I think that'll do it for uh, this episode of the podcast. So stay tuned for other reviews that will be coming in the feed sometime at you. after this one. So until next time, I don't have a closing catchphrase. So later. <laughs> Bye.